count to three. Come with me and you'll be in a world of... Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. You have found Daniel Donato's Lost Highway. That lost highway. Jimi Hendrix was 27 years old when he died, <laughs> which is insane, man. That means he was just old enough to rent a car for two years. I'm 25 years old. That's insane. I started guitar when I was 12. That means for over half my life, I've been doing one thing a lot every day. When Hendrix died, he was already Hendrix. He already had this persona around him. I've spoken to people like Robin Ford, who just produced the latest Cosmic Country album. He saw Hendrix and he said women would pass out when he came on stage at the Fillmore West. And it's like, that's insane. He lived in a time where I feel he and I were about a millimeter off when you hear about like the bullet hitting somebody's like nerve and they could have been disabled. And they're just like, man, if the bullet had gone a centimeter over, you would have you would have lost all your limbs. And it's like, I feel like I was born a centimeter over. <laughs> you know? I'm not comparing myself to Hendrix, but I do compare myself to Hendrix because I wanna achieve greatness. And I wanna I wanna bring something to the world that is everlasting. And I wanna tap into that thing. And I every day I try sincerely in a real way to do so. And some days that means to not try hard, but just to be aware of how you're consciously tapping into whatever forces there are. And it's a very woohoo abstract thing, but getting on the concept of aging, comparing yourself to people, I don't know if it's if it's the thing to do to actually achieve your goals. I, I, I really don't because you set goals to yourself. I, I want to have a Grammy by this time in my life or whatever. I want to sell out the Ryman by this time in my life or I want to make this much money or I want to be married or or whatever. I want to be able to do this many pull-ups. And you're comparing yourself to others a lot of the times when you're doing that. And then age has to come to do with that. But we don't all age at the same time, even though we do have a birthday every year. Like, uh, maturity levels for somebody at 25 can vary vastly in, in a wide range. That can be very quite surprising. And I'm experiencing that, especially right now during how people are handling themselves during the pandemic and how they're viewing the world. And and, and that's just through sheer communication. And the awareness of, of, of the validity of your communication, what your words say actually matter. They really do. You be careful with your words because that's how people interpret the story of your life. That is the marketplace in which you're, you're displaying for all people passing by to understand who you are. It's a real thing. Words matter. Comparing yourself to others might be kind of bullshit because you don't really have contrast in the people's lives. You don't have contacts that it's not contrast. I did my first radio show the other day with Yoko Nashville and the uh, the host, her name's Renee Blair, and she's like so super talented. And we were talking before the show and she, I was like, how long have you been living in Nashville? She goes, I think it was like 12 years or something like that. And she's about to turn 30. And the kind of music she does, she's afraid that she might be getting to an age to where she might not have a lot of validity in the market, which makes sense. And I know a lot of musicians don't like it when you say the market, but it's a real thing, right? So she also said she hadn't won a Grammy yet at this point in her life. And it was like, I realized that I was driving home. I'm like, oh my God, people who are talented and people who are ambitious and people who have a high level of intelligence, I, it just seems that you try to explain the 
chaos of life by trying to set goals to combat it. When really, you can be ambitious, you can be effective, and you can be a beautiful person by not being worried about achieving these goals or not. Hendrix was 27 when he died. I'm 25. I'm nowhere near what Hendrix was doing. Like, nowhere even close. And I don't know what to think about that. But I know to not feel shitty about it. <laughs> I really do. I know to not feel shitty and guilty and wrong about it. So there's nothing wrong with not hitting your goals because it's silly to think that when there's only you involved in regards to the parties present at the table in regards to you achieving your goals. There's culture. There's timing of where society is at. There is where, there's just where the world is at in general. And it's like, I don't know. It's insane. It really is. It's just like, just breathe. And I think it's a day-to-day -day thing. I really do. I think it's trying to beat who you are yesterday. Try to be better for who you are tomorrow by beating the person you were yesterday. And it seems like that is where the people who have really mined for success and found longevity in it, that's the game they're, they're, they're playing. That's what they're subscribing to. So, I don't know. To everyone who's out there feeling very much so stuck this year and feeling very much so like they can't develop as much as they as they want i really think you just got to focus on beating yourself and that also explains where you can go and where you can grow and where you have been where you're going otherwise you're liable to get lost at sea because there's millions of people in this world to compare yourself to sorry billions billions with a b b that's insane but there's only one you i know it's cosmic cliche hour with daniel but it's it's for real so Stay positive on it. He's collaborated with Avril Lavigne. He's toured the world with John Mayer. He played in Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark on Broadway, hand chosen by the Edge and Bono. Bono said he was the best guitar player in New York City. I think he's the best guitar player that has ever thought the way that he has which it's almost like he is a wave of evolution ahead in terms of where the general consciousness the carl young general consciousness the collective consciousness of musicians dwell there's these people that just kind of exist in the ether of outliers in terms of individuality intelligence passion sincerity and just his overall distilling of his character he's one of my favorite people so immensely talented in anything that he does he's even like sincerely good at nintendo switch first time i'd seen him play we were at madison square garden in new york city my friend harrison went for tonight it was crossroads 2013 and zane was playing with john mayer and it was like the first show john mayer had played the first set since that hibernation phase that he was going in and sorry if that's a euphemism i'm sure it meant a lot more than just a hibernation but to get the point across and Zane had taken the first solo of the night, and it was on Queen of California, which is like my personal favorite off the Born and Raised album. And he was playing this hollow body guitar, and it sounded like New York City. Like it, he's this octopus character. It's ridiculous. And when I've heard him in LA solo, it sounds like LA. And then we've played festivals together in Mexico, and it sounds like Mexico. He's truly his own musician. And whenever you feel or hear Zane Carney play, it's its own proprietary experience. And so. He's focusing a lot on Twitch these days in a really genius way by combining his knowledge of music theory and uh, passion for learning by sharing it live with people, by going through, like, looking at Donkey Kong soundtracks and talking about the music theory of Zelda and, and doing that all live on Twitch in an incredibly technically proficient way. So we talk about that. We also talk about 
how the culture in L.A. that he's living in is helping him uh, keep a more clear perspective on what's going on culturally in the world and the United States, most specifically with with everything that we have going on with um, with Black Lives Matter and uh, COVID-19 and really a fantastic conversation. Mr. Zane Carney, everyone. Oh, okay. I can't get over this video, man. My man. I, I feel like, um, I honestly, I feel like that kid at Guitar Center who's playing Voodoo Child way wrong. <laughs> <laughs> when you have video this good. So what is the deal? Are you hooking it up wow. to a nice DSLR that I'm looking yes. at? Okay. Yeah, you're looking at a DSLR. Also, I wanted to start this call off by doing Daniel Donato because I realized that Jason Derulo does that. And if you use the same amount of syllables, you could do it on every song you have. Is that his like? Is that his like another one? Is that his thing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's his DJ call it another one moment. Yeah, he just says Jason Derulo, and then the song starts in whatever key that was in. His TikTok is ridiculous. Is it? Yeah. Dude, your TikTok's fantastic. I just joined. I don't even get my actual name. It's like Zane Carney Official because I didn't get it in time. Or I TikTok three years ago and can't remember the password. Who knows? So TikTok might be banned by the, by the government because they're selling data. They're selling. I heard. In, God, golly. It's okay if we sell to our own people, but if we sell to China, you know, what, what the world right now? I know. Sell, I mean, Andrew Yang has a great point on this. The idea of Facebook and, uh, and Instagram, they sell our data and we're not seeing a piece of that pie, even though they're making billions of dollars off of our data. So how about you guys give us a dividend? I like that idea. Oh, is that where he's suggesting universal would come in? Yeah, he, exactly. He's saying a piece of universal income, the way we'd fund it is by getting a dividend from the Facebooks and Yahoo's and Google's of the world. You want to do a Google search and you're using my data to sell stuff to me? Cool. Pay me. Because you stole my data to sell to me. So give me back my money, please. Thank you. Do you think that leads to those corporations playing a larger hand in how the government operates? Um, that's a good point. Because they don't have to, right? So if he becomes president, like what happens there? Well, I guess the real question is, have you seen the movie Idiocracy? <laughs> it kind of talks about this stuff. <laughs> Yeah, they, they have a, a private company becomes intermingled with government. It's called Brano, and it's essentially Gatorade. Where, where's the camera? What do I like? Well, you're hating, you're hating Gatorade right now. Hey, hey, hating it? Oh, no, liking you're, it. You're hitting on it. I'm hitting on it. So, so how's the sugar going on it? Zero sugar. Well, what is zero sugar? Is it really? It's a lower sugar, but what that means is more poison, I think. I don't know. Oh, lower sugar. How much? Yeah, just lower, lower sugar. We're talking. We're talking twelve grams. Oh, that's a third. It's still a lot. Twelve grams. You know? Are you it's a new lot. guy? I'm not. I'm not. I'm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I. There are certain things that I just uh, have not fully uh, explored yet. Although when I think of the list of what we have these days of gym membership, like perfect ripped abs, but also sensitivity and nuance, but also be strong. We need to be strong. It's like, dude, uh, eat, I need this. And you know, it's, I think only 18 waking hours in a day. It's like, oh man, I'm trying to, trying to juggle what I value. It's, it's tough. Do you exercise? I was exercising before this pandemic. I was in the best shape of my life. I had put on 15 pounds of muscle because I was going to be, or I'm still going to be eventually the lead in a musical in LA. Uh, I'm going to play Claude and Hair. And that role necessitates some level of nudity, not full nudity if we don't feel comfortable doing it, but it requires some amount. And I thought, well, I haven't been acting since I was really a kid. This is my big debut back into it. 
and it's a leading role in like a musical. Like this is awesome. Let me just like get ripped. So I was just, I was, dude, I was like yoking up and like, oh. And then the past two months, I've been in a panic of how the music industry is changing and just focusing on my streaming on Twitch and all those things. I've rarely exercised the past two months. I was oh, so ripped. Were awesome. you really ripped? Were you doing? I was. I was like, I can send you a pic. It was like, it was like, whoa, that Zane. Will you please send me a pic? I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see you rip. I love seeing my friends being ripped. Oh, man, it was it was really six months of three to six days a week of working out with machinery and. Uh, Did you just know how to build body body muscle? Because I, I, I work out all the time and I don't know how to do it well. It, there is a, a secret to it, which I learned from a trainer, or I guess he was a security guard back in the day when I was a kid. I played with Jesse McCartney, and the security guard was like a trainer slash bodyguard and so he taught me certain forms but mostly what he taught me was right when you feel uh pain in a good way do like 10 more and just go as hard as you can because that's when the muscle builds the other stuff is great for maintenance but so for, for example when i've done 15 or 20 sets of 15 pounds i'll do, I'll do small weight but do it really correctly do 20 I do that. yeah i'll do I'll, so no i'll do four or five sets of 20 so like I'll do, and then once I go to the third or fourth set, I'll keep going until I burn out. Then when I'm done, like I can barely get it, yeah. then I hold it here and then I go like this as many times as I can until my arm just falls off. Oh, so on. little things like that rip it to where it builds. Again, this is not like, I'm not like, this isn't like serious, but two months ago it was like, what? Is you're, in like you're in great shape. I'm in okay shape. Thank you, man. I, but I, I was trying to be like John Mayer circa... Like remember 2014 when I was still on tour with him or 2000 yeah 14 he just got shredded one summer he's like all right so now I'm shredded and I was thinking that? that he didn't say it but we just saw him three months later and we were all like oh dude you got shredded what was just, the, did you ask him what the deal was I can tell well now that I know enough about nutrition and athletics because if I'm gonna really pursue the acting thing like I am pursuing I have to have some semblance of vanity. Obviously, I already have a lot of that. Look at what's going on here. Um, and ah, boys. But my pants are velvet. Hell yeah. My shorts yes. are velvet. They're not even pants. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I know enough to know that they're basically the reason why everyone says nutrition is such a big part of it is because when you cut, you show off the muscles you've been developing. So during that time, I knew enough to know not only did John exercise a bunch, but he cut. Because right now, if I were to lose five more pounds, I'd look 10 pounds stronger. So wait, he just ate less food? Yeah, like you eat, eat certain types of food that burn more calories and you eat at certain hours. He probably did some intermittent fasting, which burns more and increases human... That. Yeah, you know. So, But I have not been focusing on my physical well-being. Uh, well, I have by way of my mental health. Like I need to keep my career going when we're not allowed to play live. So... I found really productive ways to do that. Thank God. Yeah, how's Twitch um, working out? Dude, Twitch is awesome, man. So I started this channel like a little over two months ago and uh, the numbers on Twitch are basically for every follower you get on Twitch, it's like having 10 followers on Instagram, roughly. In terms, so of, I, in terms of conversion, in terms of- Yeah, so if someone's like, wow, he has 50,000 followers on Instagram, he's probably gonna have 50,000 on Twitch. It's like, no, no, 50,000 on Twitch is like having 500,000 on Instagram as far as income potential, revenue streams, you know, viewership. So for example, on Instagram, I have 56,000 uh, something followers. And when I do a live, I never do lives on Instagram. When I do, 
I used to be way into Periscope and Instagram live. I'm not anymore. So when I pop on 20 to 40 people, 30 people, yeah. when I go live on Twitch, like last night I was playing like 4,000 people. So like it's a way different metric. So not to be fair, I got, yeah, but I got rated by someone uh, that had 6,000 people watching. So 2,000 left and 4,000 stayed. And then I got subscribers where they pay you five bucks a month to subscribe to your content. I gained 3,000 followers last night for, by getting rated. So there's this opportunity for sharing on Twitch that isn't really possible on Instagram. And the quality of my streams are literally what you're seeing. And it sounds way better than this. This is like my USB teaching private lessons, Mike. The situation I have right now is like absurd. It's, I spent months mixing it. So it's like a professionally mixed record and mastered record with this visual. So Twitch just allows me to be more myself, honestly. Wow. Right. Because yeah. in terms of the higher resolution that's available in all facets of what's being consumed, the audio, right. the visual. So, right. And the thing is, and, and so you know this as a true artist, you know, there are people who like to maybe placate or, or um, play to a mainstream crowd in a sort of a disingenuous way. You're a true artist. You play what you feel. I could hear a song of yours be two and a half minutes and feel Daniel. I could also hear a 12 minute jam and feel Daniel because you, mm. you're like a Picasso or a Debussy. You care about art. You make it. I also like to make art like that. And, um, and Twitch, because I can get the HD everything, when I have a sensitive, nuanced, quiet moment, the audience, because it's recorded so hi-fi, they're like, they're there with me. They feel like they're actually experiencing me versus on Instagram, yeah. they can't really experience what I do. So it becomes a, a conversation versus a, um, a musical experience and expression. I've also noticed that it's, it's great for me because I, I truly love video games and I'm a retro Nintendo historian and enthusiast. So any conversation someone brings up, Final Fantasy 3? Yeah, well, it came out on the NES, but it wasn't called Final Fantasy 3 in Japan because that was, it was Final Fantasy 1 for us. Like I, I have all these conversations with musicians slash gaming nerds during my shows. It's, it's a blast. It's a hoot. Well, one of the things that you've learned about live streaming, because I see a lot of live streams that are conscientious and then I see some that are not as conscientious. And it's mm. fun to see brands acclimate to this, to this new space that we're moving into. You mm. surely don't think streaming is going to be stopping anytime soon. It's only going to be advancing. Right. So what are some of the things you've learned in your two months, which is a oh, long time, but it's also not a long time. Right. Uh, I have learned that it's kind of paradoxical or ironic rather that all this care I've put in, while it does work for my brand and what I care about, it is not necessary. For example, last night I played on this talent show. It's the biggest show on Twitch, 60,000 concurrent viewers. And I was one of nine finalists that got voted in. In the last round I played and I, I was trying to pander a little bit because the crowd's young and they're, they're gamers. So I played my guitar behind my head while playing the Legend of Zelda melody. Like I, I went for it. It was cheap. Yeah. And I looped and sang really high and I just did all the impressive stuff I could. And everyone in the chat was like, clear winner, clear winner, whatever. I didn't even win. I got fourth place. Didn't win any of the money prizes. Who won? Uh, this guy, Harry Mack, is a great rapper. And he does this cool thing where he has a random word generator and it just pops up and he keeps his rap going. He's an incredible artist. Second place went to my roommate who I, I brought him into the show because I thought, let's share the love, dude. So he's, he's like one of the best singers in the world. So he got second place. And then I narrowly lost the third place prize. And dude, it was a lot of money. First place was 25 grand. Second place was 10 grand. Third place was five grand. But, um, but either way, I gained thousands of followers, which 
I, I now have five and a, 5.6 thousand followers on Twitch, which is like having, it's like I have the same amount as I have on Instagram in just two months because I've really cared about the quality of the stream. So for me, it works. But the people who won did not have the quality I have, but they had character, they had personality, they engaged with their audience. Right, right, right. I, I will say it's a different experience than, than, uh, than a live show because there's a chat. If someone's at my show and they're just talking in the background, right. I'd be like, that's a bummer. Right, right. Um, so I've had to get my head wrapped around that. But mm -hmm. the way I'm perceiving it is I'm taking this time to mix a hardcore, insane new jazz record, which I will send you before it's, it's released. But it's getting final mixes done by my brother right now. So that's going to be ready. Um, then I have uh, some finally seven years later, some singer songwriter material coming out. So I'm doing that for like the soul exactly. and then I'm doing Twitch for fun. And cause what else am I going to do? Might as well build this. So it's, yeah. it's been fun. Are you having like a schedule? Are you looking at yeah. every day you're doing a thing? So, so I have, so the way I've branded it, this is just my branding. So I figured it'd be fun to have variety for people cause I love different things. So Mondays at 10 AM acoustic Mondays, that acoustic mic sounds like a Ray LaMontagne album. Like I mixed it. And so people can wake up at 10 AM. Then all these times are on PST. So it's like 10 AM wake up or afternoons in Nashville, whatever. Yeah. Wednesdays, I do a thing called woodshed Wednesdays where I just open up my real book or some sort of music thing. And they read along with me as I sight read because sight reading is hard and I want to practice. And then they'll ask questions. Why are you on the fifth fret? Not the ninth fret. Oh, cause I wanted to hit the B string E not the G string E. And uh, so it's really, um, uh, almost like an open counseling thing, but I'm, I'm literally there shedding and kind of chatting Wednesday nights. I do a, an online residency electric concert called electric Fridays, Saturdays at noon. I do video game Saturdays. And then Sundays at 5 PM, I do the most weird thing on Twitch. I think for real, I do a thing called music theory of gaming where I analyze scores from our favorite video games and talk about why they emotionally affect us that way. For example, I did Zelda last weekend and people were wondering like, oh, I love this game. It's so epic. And I pause. Yet, if you looked at this game, this 8-bit game, it is not epic. But you know what is epic? What is epic is... Like these are all parallel, perfect fifth chords down, going with plagal cadences, which is a very regal sound. What is a plagal so cadence? Is that just a flat seven? Four to one. So four to one is so. So C versus an authentic cadence, which is five ones authentic. Plagal is four one, and, and four one feels like dun, 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 the king enters. You know. So Whereas five one feels like the end of my sentence. Very different feelings. Does the four to one, does the G, so the G, does the G turn into a four? Does it therefore G, go G will stay G. So if you're in the key of G and you're like, all right, I want to end this song and make it feel kind of epic and regal. Okay, right before the last chord of the song, which is going to be G, because we're in G, let me play a fat C chord. The song's in G. And my song's in G. And I want to make it feel regal. You know, versus my song's in G and I want to make it feel authentic and the end of a sentence. You know, that's 5-1. They're very different cadences. So we talk about emotionally and then we get super nerdy into the theory with my iPad with like different colored things. Like I'll draw out all the diatonic notes and be like, these are green. These are on. I guarantee you the notes you're going to hear are going to be red. The five red notes, the non-diatonic notes. And it's just, it's super nerdy. It's very fun. But it's in, that's the thing, though. I, I like nerdy. I feel like we're all he heading into a really deep chasm of our own specific ways of nerdiness in this life. 
Because mm-hmm. well, his nerdiness, is, for me at least, was a way to stay safe. And this is a scary time where I don't feel safe. So I'm like really digging deep into that nerddom. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, when I was a kid, I was made fun of. I had really bad acne. And I, uh, I mean, I was popular. I was voted most popular, but it was almost like a, a joke whenever I was voted for that because I was the child actor. Like, you don't fit in. You're not one of us. And I had really bad skin. And it was just like, you're not one of us. You're, you know, but, but everyone knows about you because you're the star of that show. So let's, we like, we hate you but we know of you. You're, it's like, okay, so what did I do? Pokemon, music theory, jazz, guitar, getting straight A's. And so now it's like, hey, the money like might dry up for the next year for live music. The world should open up in six months, but for music and live performance, we don't know. And I'm like, oh, that's scary. Oh, also like you might die even though you're under 35, like you might die. Oh, that's scary. Oh, also there's like total racial unjust and you need, okay, cool. Where's, where, am, where are my Pokemon trading cards? Because that worked before right. i'm gonna try that again <laughs> oh, look at this do you feel like it's full cosmic circle then in some ways yeah i do i mean i've always been really interested in how the macro and micro are the same i mean i don't know i'm very interested whoa, in whoa, whoa, whoa. macro and micro being the same what do you mean by that so like my personal life of do i accept myself is very similar to us as a country do we, we accept our past like there are parallels a lot of parallels and I think often uh, people, myself included, look for differences. Oh, Daniel, he's better at country licks, not more jazz. You're different. And, and he's younger. And I'm, yeah, cool. Versus you breathe, you like to eat, you sleep in one bed, you love me, I love you, you love friends. Oh, we're so much more similar. Oh, society will never solve it. But pers- it's like uh, personal and societal are often rather similar. Like we have to reckon with our past and apologize and, dare I say, um, pay restitutions from you probably know what i'm referring to but things in our dark past or also emotionally when i make a mistake i don't just say sorry i go how can i change it so i can influence your life in a more positive way so um yeah the idea of reparations personally and globally i yeah i just see a lot of parallels in the macro and the micro it's weird it's really yeah, it's weird and it's really strange to start to see people it's been happening long enough and now since the election is coming up we we know it's not going to it is not slowing down. Right. It's really strange to see like how far people are going to come, like come out of the woodwork. And in terms, right. It just scares me, man, when I see people saying things they don't mean. In terms of yeah. people saying, you know, coronavirus isn't real. Right. Like, these right. Are people. These are people that went to like Vanderbilt University. Which and is- you know what though? And, and part of the reason this is again that parallel. This is just my personal uh, perception of it. I go well. I've said to my brother that I'm not crazy, like my whole life. I'm not crazy. Neither are you. No one really is. But but there are certain areas where I've been incongruent with my actions and behaviors. And I, what do I do when it's pointed out? No, no, I'm I'm normal. You're the weird one. Yeah, yeah. But when yeah. I really pause and like, uh, yeah, shoot. So I think what's going on with these people who are denying that it's real? What's really happening is they can't handle more than a month of this, which is normal and human. Like, hey, you didn't tell me I had to sign up for a year of this. So right. they're like, okay, since I can't handle it, I'm now going to say it's not real because that's what I do when I'm emotionally bothered in a personal relationship. You think I'm bad? Computer recompute. It's not real. You're an idiot. You think coronavirus is so real, but I can't handle this? It's fake. So it sucks, man. It's it's really hard. And I'm not great at educating uh, certain things. Music theory, I'm pretty good at. I'm not really good at like, I get pretty mean pretty quickly. I'm still working on that. Thank God for scientists who are, slow and measured with teaching us what's right. 
Oh my gosh. Well, man, the thing that's scary is you see some of the people in the Black Lives Matter movement saying stop STEM. Stop STEM. Oh, stop science, technology, engineering, and math. No way. Stop it. (laughs) Stop. And it's like, why? Why in God's name? That's actually what? really it, to, to, to bring it to bring it towards the musical. That that would be like a like a rapper being like, "Stop learning how to make chords." Like, but did you realize the whole reason you have beats is because people like Daniel like learned chords and made those? Like, <laughs> like stop STEM. Do you understand your iPhone? Like that's STEM. Like, oh man, you're surviving because of STEM people. I can't even get onto it. Man. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's hard. It's a weird. Man, I'm really glad we're just like going right in, man. Just diving in, man. I love the the podcast. I think is the uh, it's like the next evolution of like what a jam band is. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. Like it totally is in some ways, at least to me. It's yeah. the exact same thing. If I can sit down with somebody and I have somewhat of a repertoire of know they operate as a person, I can yeah. do it typically, and I know exactly where to go. But I know there'll be some surprises along the way, and that's why the podcast is so fun. It's like yes, yeah, correct. It's like, it's like the Grateful Dead meets co- the, the, the frontal cortex. Then <laughs> <laughs> frontal cortex, a little bit of English language, bam. <laughs> I love that. That's, that's awesome, man. I, I do need to start one myself too, only because I'm really interested in connecting and sharing good ideas. And I, I love the stuff you've been doing, man. I, and I appreciate you putting up little videos on Instagram to remind me to go listen to the podcast. Yeah. You're really good at that, man. So I've been Ugh. losing on Instagram and losing followers. You're losing followers? Losing followers. You know what? I just lost 100 followers after I put up a Black Lives Matter post that insinuated that white people had some sort of thing they had to actually actively do. And (laughs) there was so much vitriol in my Instagram. It was also the most viewed video on my Instagram of all time by like (laughs) a lot. I got 120,000 views putting up. It was a video of Jane Elliott speaking about how she didn't say that all people because they're white are racist, nor does she say that all white yeah. people currently are racist. But she said, if a white person was born in America and was not educated, did not educate themselves to unlearn, they are a racist because the, what we're taught is that white people did all the adventures, all the famous things, all the good things. And oh yeah, like one or two black people did some cool stuff, but mostly us and we're the winners and we're the powerful ones. And we <laughs> mistell the story of how we took this land on um, and so there's this idea of, of white supremacy that we're like the media culture There's all this stuff. And initially I would be offended by that idea too, but I took the time to watch some films, read some books, take right. part in some dismantling white supremacy groups. And when I calmed myself down, like mm-hmm. I try to do in arguments, I fail a lot, but I try to, I realized, yeah, there certainly is some white supremacist attitude going on. Here's the main one for me. I go, um, yeah, that sucks, man. We're all equal, man. Good luck. You guys solving that. The ones you guys, the ones who have different skin, good luck to you, which inherently states that I do not think we're the same. Like, Oh, you're the, but you're the different. Oh, wow. You're the different one. I just thought you're the, wow. Oh, this is about humans. Oh, I've totally thought you're different. I, I thought I was nice, but I thought it's your problem. If it's your problem, it's my problem. Cause we're all humans. Unless I deep down think that my whiteness makes me different and separate but it doesn't. So I've learned, a, I've been really convicted the past few months realizing, okay, even people like me, I was the only white person in all the bands I played in. Your path may have been slightly more country and finger picking, chicken picking. Mine was more R&B and gospel because of my jazz background. So I was always the only white person in every band for the first four years of my career. You were in a band with Thundercat, is that correct? We, we just jammed as friends, as kids. We always played at these uh, Sunday night jam sessions at Teddy's or Guy's. We would go to the oh, world wow. stage and play together, but we were 
never in a, I mean, we played the baked potato together, but not like in a proper band. Well, have you been saying show you guys at the baked potato? Whoa. What was that? You guys at the baked potato would be. Yeah, wild. that was out. That was out there. I think it was a John Diverse. It was out. Um, we, I mean, I played on his record, you know, we're friends, but I, but I, we didn't have like a band, but like, yeah, the Gibson brothers, you know, I, I was 19. The only reason I got in the band is because I had to really bring it as like an R and B jazz gospel guy. So like, dang, he's our favorite one. Let's hire him. Meanwhile, I'm a 19 year old white kid in this 35, you know, 30 year old African-American band. Uh, there, this was the gig where I played with Stevie wonder. He just came on stage and I was like, Oh, I can count this in my bio. Oh, what are you talking about. What? Stevie Wonder came up on stage and just started playing Superstition. I was like, okay. I was the guitar player in the band. So I was like, boo doo doo playing. <laughs> what? And he, and he did it in E flat minor. Everyone does it in E minor. It's E flat minor, y'all. It is. So, um, Thank you very much. But, um, but so we, uh, you know, the, I almost didn't get into that gig because I was 19. The bouncer wouldn't let me in. They had to fight for me. No, no, man, he's cool, man. He's cool. Yeah, but it's a, it's a venue. You can't, I'm like, oh, dang it. So that was my world. Even in that world, where I was, you know, this surrounded by multicultures. I go to Japan all the time and tour. I go to different, you and I went to Mexico, which is kind of, yeah, it's there. It's a mixed population, but you know, going there, going to Canada, going to Europe eight times, going to Australia. Even with that, I, until this past two months was like, oh, but that's you guys, which is so, like, how did I, how was I an all lives matter guy in my head? But I didn't know it. Like, I didn't even know it. I see about, anyway. What do you mean all lives matter guy? Like I was one of those guys like, ouch, that hurts. We're all the same. Ow. But, but deep down, what I'm saying is don't ever talk about this. Like we, I'm not ready to talk about it. Oh. I feel like that's the, what the all lives matters. They don't want to acknowledge right. how we've been tr- like, we're right. not different, but we certainly have treated others differently. So it, yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy, man. Well, oh. That kind of relates back to a thing here where I want to get your opinion on this. Hmm. So they want to stop science, technology, engineering, and mathematics simply because they feel that the scientific field in regards to scientists that are making contributions, being published, et cetera, are predominantly skewing Eastern mm. European Jews mm. and Asians. Mm. So it's like, so here's what I wonder in life. And I wonder if it's fair to admit this, to admit this is my question. I'm not saying this is true. I'm mm. saying I wonder if it's fair to analyze it in this way where it seems that different cultures tend to contribute to us all, the world, in different facets. Hmm. Right? Like, you're talking about, like, predominantly, you could say that African-Americans have amazing contributions in the field of music and in the field of athletics, right? And entertainment and pop culture in beautiful ways. But when it comes to science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, you might find that there, there is a different, um, there's a different section of humanity that might contribute a greater percentage than that. Well, I- I think so far right now, that's it, they have been bicamerated in that way. Like, oh, that? this is oh, uh, it's like I mean, I shouldn't have said bi because that's two, but like the idea of um, uh, separating. So, so being different. Uh, there's this book called it's like weird. It's like a messed up title. I think it's called Unconsciousness and the Bicameral Mind. I, I have to relook the title up. That turns but me it's, on. That it's turns- an intense book that someone bought for me, The Bicameral Mind. Uh, it's a big book, The Origin of Consciousness in the Breakdown of the Bicameral Mind. Anyway, I read a brief point of that, so that word became part of my lexicon. Um, but, so, but I do agree that there, is, yeah, there, have been, there have been those separations, but I think it's because of lack of opportunity. Like the human mind right. has nothing to do with culture or race or creed. Like we're all, we have red blood, we can all procreate with each other, we're totally the same. And so I like the idea of 
if someone says, oh, I guess my only way out is you know, maybe perhaps it's uh, the stereotype of like a white long haired guy. My only way out is to be a rock star. It's like, well, you, you kind of could do anything. And what we've learned is that white people tend to do everything. And then we say, oh, and then you guys like just do this and do that. But we'll do all of it too. It's like, man, why do we feel so power hungry and supreme? Like, why can't we be like, how about everyone does everything? And if you love like Neil deGrasse Tyson, there shouldn't be one of you. There should be 5 million, just like there are 5 million white ones. Like, why can't we have an equal opportunity? And I don't mean that in the traditional sense, even though that also is awesome. Dude, I also have like a whole theory on reparations. If you want to hear them, I have a three, if I were president, I know three things I would do first day in office. What reparations. Would they, what would they be? Okay, so, and the good news is I thought of two of these by myself, but from reading and learning, and then I've heard many major black voices and speakers give these three, so I'm like, cool. Two of them I intuitively felt, and the third one I learned. The first one I intuitively felt was um, housing um, APRs rates, like a 4.5% APR uh, for anyone, and this is a strong terminology, but these conversations are necessary. It's like, what I'm about to say is like, huh. And the white all, all lives matters people go, oh, I don't want to remember that we're different. It's like, yo, bro, they're being treated differently and they are us. So we are being treated differently, our own kind. Let's stop this evil. So I'm going to say some strong terms. Beautiful. First thing is anyone who's been a descendant of a slave, which is obviously the thing the reparations refer to, um, when they pay for a house, either their mortgage is interest-free or like 1%. So we, I pay a 4.5% interest because my family has generational wealth. Their families do not. Now, what if there's a special family that's a special, that's a descendant of slavery that, that has wealth? Still give them 0% APR. Still do it because we need to give reparations for the harm that was done and the free labor that we, gave, we gained by enslaving people. So sorry, time to pay up. This is a way it could help uh, lessen suffering and build generational wealth while not immediately doing a payout that might collapse the economy, whatever. So that's my first thing. That was something I intuitively came up with. Apparently black leaders say that's a good thing. That's really good. Well, also before you go on, yeah. it, it, um, uh, in, in regards to, you know, <clears throat> so my, my sister growing up, she had a friend that was a white friend, a uh, mm-hmm. very, 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 very poor family, terribly, mm-hmm. terribly poor family, mm-hmm. foreclosed on their house. Mm-hmm. And um, it became a thing to where the city, uh, you know, took the house away from them. Or, right. uh, foreclosed on them? Foreclosed on them. Right. right. Look, the, house, the house was done. The house was gone. Yeah. D- does that still apply? Or, or are we also, do we also think that there should be perhaps a different, because, you know, you have to assume that people who have generational wealth know how to use money in a way. Right, that right. Uh, well, I, I would hope that the safety nets of welfare and other government uh, um, safety nets would provide for a family in that sort of a struggle. But I think this one would be more global where it's like, hey, we're finally coming to turn. Like if I just said to my partner after being cruel, like, sorry, it's like, what does that do? We're, it's gonna, we're gonna die. We're dying here emotionally. I have to say, I'm going to like, Right. take you out to dinner and I'm going to give you of my soul and I'm going to do actions that prove it. And I'm going to, whatever trauma you have, I'll pay for the therapy. Let me like, pay, like, let me get involved in healing what I caused. I think we got to do that. So, mm-hmm. um, but so that's step one. So then step two, step two would be college, uh, uh, public. Uh, oh, by the way, this would imply to indigenous people as well, because the yeah. indigenous people were given smallpox and lives were destroyed. So, which is, I mean, it's just so dark. So Indigenous and slaves. So then uh, descendants of slaves. Second would be uh, any public college in your state, any single one you want, you get to go to for free and right. you're in. And you're in. You're in. So, so if you want education, you get to have it. So even if someone says, this is, now this is a controversial thing I understand, 
if someone's like, oh, but I got D's in school and all this, but like, they're going to give me a free college education. I would say, um, yeah, for the next hundred years, these rules are going to apply if I were president to make up for at least some of the past 400 years. So, uh, if you want to go, if you got F's, straight F's, you barely graduated high school, but you want a free college education, go. Cause you want to learn. And we want people who care about learning to learn so they can become the next STEM genius. So that's my second point. That was also a natural thing that I heard was good. The third one, my brain is blank because I'm getting so passionate here. Um, good president right there. I know. Oh God. (laughs) Um, I'll let you know you're wearing a red shirt with a red bandana. This is a cool president. You know, what's up, guys? Vote for Zane. Vote for Zane. I'm 35. I'm 35 now, dude. I could run. Let's go. Bro, yeah, you're yeah, you're you're a freshman president. Can you imagine? Fuck it, Kanye. <laughs> Let's you do imagine this. a president with suspenders. Yeah, he's about to happen. Um, <laughs> there was a third one, and my brain is so blanked. Uh, <laughs> there's there's the, the 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 housing, the college. And the uh, now you really do sound like a president. You're forgetting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I will remember before the end of this conversation. But point is, I really feel that there are a lot of issues to focus on in the world. We talked about at the beginning, like do I eat sugar or not? And for me, oh, this has ignited me because I was convicted in my own spirit of how if I if I stand by and watch someone get hurt and I go, eh, I don't really care. That's like the most evil thing I can do. And so now that I've noticed that I actually have partaken and benefited from this system it's the most evil thing you can do i think there's some evil mm. shit going out and like looting mm. and mm. Uh, you know pushing people down in the street and like yelling mm. at cops and like you gotta give mm. yourself some credit like you're mm. a fantastic person like contributing music and positivity to this world right that is true Active. but but i also don't wipe like i don't wipe with toilet paper i'm just kidding i don't know i'm just trying to think <laughs> that would be uh that i would... do some evil stuff daniel i'm telling you Okay. That, is that evil? No, I don't know. I gotta think that's someone. No, it doesn't. No, that's not. That's just stupid. Or no, maybe that's good. I don't want to. I think stupid people do that. Oh no, I messed up. Um, yeah, man. No, there, there. It's, it's, it's a wild world right now. But I will say, I feel like I've found a purpose. Um, I've found my passion politically, and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to have friends who have educated me. I'm very thankful. You know. Yeah, that's you. Well, you have a you, and you uh you live with a black person. I well, so the conversations have been very right. powerful because I he's just so loving and even with loving him as one of my favorite people, he's just one, one of my best friends since I was nineteen. Like I, that whole thing of like, oh, I'm colorblind. That was that was never true because it's not possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's right. like, of course, I'm melanin. My girlfriend is lighter skin than I am, and I'm pinker and more olive tone. Um, but I, um, let me Pantone you real quick. Let me pull up this Pantone app. Pantone it, man. Let's go. <laughs> um, but I, um, but he just noticed that I was, uh, suffering cause I was taking on this generational trauma by uh, putting myself on the altar to learn and listen and for a day or two pick up on what's going on in the black community, which is the human community, which is my community, my American community. And then I, um, then I realized I could, un- I could eject from it and, people who are uh, of the darker complexion in America cannot. Right. So I was like, there's just a lot I'm learning about. Anything I think uh, I know, I want to sit and learn. Because it's like this. It's like if I was hurting, and I've had trauma, I've gone to therapy, I continue to, if I'm clamoring out and have a need and it just won't sit, it, it won't stop, right. I know there's something real there. It may not be anger. It may be sadness. It may not be rage. It may be hurt. Um, but that's real. When someone's like, I need this. It's not that they're stupid social justice warriors. They're, they're bad. It's, 
it's that there's a real need there. And if I can be patient and loving like a, like a Jesus type, I'm not, but I'm saying, listen, it's like, oh, there is something real here. You're hurting. I wonder if there's a way I can help you hurt less. I love that part of the world these days. And so Charles offered that to me. He's like, dude, you all right, man? I said, I'm really sorry that I didn't realize what you've gone through in this world. And I want to do whatever I can in my power to help stop it. Because I don't see it as a black problem. I see it as a me problem, as an us problem. I love that angle. I've never heard this angle. hmm. Never heard someone say this angle. And it's it's the most intuitive approach. Hmm. Um, Because you simply can't deny the intuition behind the fact where what affects one human eventually affects all of humans. Right. Because if you disagree, then you are simply saying that you know what happens after you do something. And Hmm. it's impossible to know all the peripheral effects. Oh, dude, we're talking about the butterfly effect up in this piece. Have you heard of that, the butterfly effect or seen that movie? No, what's this piece? It's like you do a butterfly flew in Perth and it caused a tornado in Africa. Come like, on, come on. One little, and then it's like the ripple effect. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we, we affect others. And that's probably the beauty of most of the great religious teachings is the golden rule of do unto your others, like unto yourself. Because it, it, if I drink water, four ounces, there's now four ounces less. Like there is, with every reaction, there's a, or for every reaction, there's a necessary and opposing reaction. That's the wrong science. That's the wrong formula. What I mean is causality. Like this happened because I did something. So it, what that means is in the, in the inverse is if I do something, it causes something, right? So I'm like, if I go out and pee on the street, someone's got to clean it up. Maybe mother nature, maybe a human, I don't know. Um, so yeah, if I, it, it, it does affect other humans, how I walk through this world. And I've just felt so much more fulfilled. I mean, what really broke me down after all this learning and being traumatized, truly experiencing life as an African-American, as as 0.001% I could trying to get it. Then I saw a video of a guy, a FedEx driver who was called a racial slur and he wasn't angry. He wasn't re- yelling. He was sobbing. Oh. And I was like, right. Hmm. These, we are all people. And I've said that we're people because it allows me to brush off any responsibility. I don't have to do anything about it. Just, we're all people. Bye. All lives matter. Versus going like, you're hurting. What would I do if someone could say something to me? They can't because I'm a white 35-year-old single or straight, you know, not married, uh, heterosexual male. Like there's nothing they could say to me, but there is something you could say to almost every oppressed culture that would just dagger them. Oh, dagger. And, and it hurts. It hurts. And, to, and, and it's not, oh, it hurts a black person. It hurts a human being. I'm a human being too. I understand hurt. This is evil. We got to stop this. So it really affected me and broke me into not just understanding here, but going, Oh, I thought I was connected to my friends, my brothers who I perform with. Never in a band have I been the majority of the skin color, almost ever, except for my rock band, Carney. And yet I never really connected to someone else because I was like, oh, but they're, they're just like me. They're just like me, except Asian. They're just like me, but they're Brazilian. Versus they're just like me. We are humans. We both pee. We both poopy. We both love how did I miss that this is a human rights issue? This is not a race issue. So I've been really convicted. Wow, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, it's, it's really like, so anyone who's going to disagree with that, I'm sure there's some reasons where they can come up with, with the mm-hmm. idea of, of, of people, like especially with white privilege, like there's definitely a lot of, there's a lot of ways to approach that concept. But the way right. that you're approaching, it's really fascinating where mm. if you're disagreeing with what Zing Harding is saying, you're disagreeing with the fact that you should try to empathize with everyone you come in contact with. 
Right. It's like, why would you ever try? If you can't empathize with the outside world, then you certainly cannot empathize with the inside self. If right. Empathize with the inside self. You're only stuck in a negative feedback cycle. And right. Which is anything yeah. in the world. Right. And that's what I do in my personal relationships. I rarely um, hate someone else. I hate myself so much that I'm like, can you take care of some of my hate of myself, please? Oh, so yeah. So this girl lately, and it's been like every day I'm like, when is it going to be that she starts to feel about me the way I feel about myself sometimes? Right. (laughs) And I've unfortunately manifested that in every relationship I've been in. I've recently had a potential wake up call. We'll see. I I keep having wake up calls and I go snooze. I, I try, I try to, uh, I try to, to learn. I do care about people and I do empathize, but mm-hmm. I, I'm a human. So I make mistakes, but yeah, man, it's, um, yeah. it's, this stuff is intense, but, uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint from what I hear. And, and also this is crazy too, with this show I'm doing hair. I don't know when it'll open. It's only a 50 seat black box theater. It's sort of like when you've, um, it's not dissimilar to, to like the hotel cafe stuff when John comes in. Like there's something special about 175 people. Didn't you play one of those with him? I did. Yeah. yeah. He, we were in this studio with Thundercat and John. I was like, dude, I want you guys to meet. I want you guys to meet. It was 2 a.m. And I was texting Steve and I'm like, dude, are you in town? He's like, yo, I just got back. I'm like, up. I'm like, I think John's up. You guys want to jam? So then we all just, oh yeah, we got here. Yeah. We just, we played some of the most intense stuff, texted hotel cafe the next morning, came and did a secret set with Steve Jordan that night. It wasn't my best playing because what we were, what we were doing in this room was like, what what was happening in this room was like, and just like Steve and I just just doing whatever weird stuff we could do. And then John doing crazy melodies over it. Once we got on stage at Hotel Cafe, it was. What do you think that was? Do you think that was someone being the boss and taking over and letting the maybe, or was the audience giving us that energy? But I was still in while that was happening. I was done. I was still doing all that, and then I realized about twenty minutes into the set, like, all right, I need to, I need to. St- I don't. I guess we're not doing that. I, I, it was really my fault. Like, there's no blame. It was like, I wasn't listening to the actual conversation that was happening. I was like, here's what we did last night. I liked playing these weird notes versus Hello. the conversation's this. I, let me respond to it. So it was a noob uh, error on mine. If you watch the YouTube video, you'll be like, yeah, Zane's a little off the first 20 minutes. Uh, a little too out there. Um, but anywho. Um, That's what you do. Like, I feel like anyone who subscribes to you, like I've been listening to you for a long, for seven years now. Really? I've been listening what? I didn't know that. My life. I've been listening for seven years. Dude, that's that's that's, wow. that's that's I'm 25. So yeah, that's like a fifth of my life. That's like a third of your life. Or might be a fourth if I'm not mistaken. Almost a fourth. Three point five. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's like that's a long time to be listening to a player, and I love. It took me a second. I think it takes people like Mayer's not that guy. I feel like John Mayer gives. He he's right. He's right in the. He's you right get it. The first three seconds, you get it. Right, which is so beautiful. But which the, is awesome. I feel like uh, with him being as intelligent as he is, and you having the privilege to work with him, I'm sure you can attest for this. Mm-hmm. He was very aware of the fact that you might be cut from a different cloth and that mm-hmm. you lended to his thing. Because you, 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 mm-hmm. have, you would have these immense solos on like, um, on if, I, if I ever get around to living. Yeah, and right. You had this, you'd have these moments and you would take the crowd out there, man. But then you bring it back and it's really fantastic. I appreciate that. I, I have a fun story involving the first time that solo ever happened because I, re, I remember Harry Styles and Lewis, whatever his last name is, from 
or no, the blonde one from One Direction, standing side stage. We were in Camden, New Jersey. I hadn't really sold much on that tour yet. It was early 2013, mid 2013. And I, I'm just playing the song, you know, the songs, whatever the three chords are. And John just looked over and went, take one. And I was like, oh, and it was so last minute that I did what I actually do, which is and take one. Like, how could you even hear him when you're on the stage that big? We had, he had a little talk back. Zane, take one a little talk back, Mike. Do you guys have other things you were saying in the talk back, Mike? That oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, we, yeah. It was funny. I mean, I, John said some, John really poured into me, uh, emotionally and, and, uh, career wise. He said some very, very powerful things to me on the headset that what? helped me. Just, I don't even want to say it because it was, it felt personal, even though the whole like crew and band heard it, he would just say some, some nice, uh, you got to support. You got to fast more. Your arms are looking a little thin. You yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Eat, the, eat some more, eat some more protein. Um, so, um, he, uh, uh, oh, so we're on stage. So I didn't have time to think what would a, a guitarist for John Mayer do in this solo. So I did what I actually do, which is the song was, I think the song is yeah, D to C to G, which for most people is like, I guess, kind of D Mixolydian ish. But for me, I was like, well, it could be D Lydian dominant. It could be D Dorian. It could be D melodic minor. It could be B melodic minor. Like I was just, it could be G minor, melodic minor for a second to get this moment happening. You know, those things. So I was just, all the progressions that I normally do with my manic brain, pff, I didn't have time to go make it John Mayer band-ish. I was like, ah, what? So, ah. So I didn't have time to, to edit. So I ended the solo, and then John was like, what the fuck? What? Why haven't you been doing that? What the? F okay, I'm never soloing on that song ever again. I'm never so. And I was like, oh, what? Uh, I thought I was about to get fired. I thought what the was going to be like, don't ever bring that shit in here again. He's like, dude, I hire people for them. That's what I've been trying to have you do in this band. It's like, oh, I just wanted to make sure it, like if I played on gravity, I made it. It's like, no, do you. I want you to do you. And so Harry and them were standing over there. The reason why I remember this whole night is because afterwards, Harry came backstage and everyone was talking. I was like, hey, man, hey, dude, uh, what's up? He's like, hey, nice solo. I was like, oh, thanks. Hey, uh, tell your band member Zane, thank you. It's like, why? I said, because I'm still Googleable because his name is spelled differently. So thank you. He's like, and then Harry's response is just so like devastatingly deadpan. Like, yeah, all right, all right. Okay, yeah. Oh, like, God. he did not get the joke. He no. was not interested in continuing to talk with me, understandably. <laughs> Zane spells his name Z A Y N. I was like, oh, thank God. I still got people. I might still be famous one day. It was a joke, but it was not a good joke, obviously. Um, but anyway, yeah, man, I. I don't know how we started talking about this, but that's a fun story. I don't think I've ever shared. <laughs> that was the thing when I was so, I, when I first saw you play, uh, Harrison and I were at the garden and it was mm. like your first time playing with John or something, or it might've been your first show. Yeah. It literally was our first show. I did not play very well in that show. I was playing a baritone guitar on, uh, on whatchamacallit. Uh, it was, I was doing a weird thing. Yeah. No, continue. no, no. This was at Crossroads. Yeah, I I think I played a baritone guitar on 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 um, slow dancing because we tried this thing out and it. Oh, didn't. Yeah, I thought you did Queen of California. Am I wrong? That too. Yes, I played the Les Paul back there on Queen of California. That up there, and then I played this baritone. There it is. On 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 slow dancing the burning room with like tremolo because John was like, I want to rearrange this and make it swampier and darker. So I pulled out the baritone, tuned it to B. And then put on a tremolo. Oh, it's dope. Like a ending. 
Yeah, but it didn't quite end up working out, so we changed it. Did you guys rehearse a lot? Was that a thing? Like every day, you guys? We were. We, so the, this is how it worked for me. So I got a okay. phone call in March of 2013. Just got an email, and mind you, I've also not shared this story publicly. But I was really, I've always been passionate about getting back into acting. And during pandemic times, I've been doing these Zoom readings. So we read through great playwrights, and I play. The, we all play different characters, and it's just right. been so enriching. Um, but anywho, I. Um, yeah, I've always wanted to get back into acting. So I had auditioned for these two people, one who's retired, Meg Simon, retired, and Finley Davidson. They are the head of casting at uh, CW uh, at the time uh, in New York City. And they were very supportive of me. They were wondering, why have I never heard of you? Like, I said, I've been doing music. They said, well, that's a cute little hobby, but you're an actor, so you can put down that hobby. And I said, no, no, I really love music. It's not a hobby. It's my career. Acting's going to be your career. We're, we're the head of casting and we feel confident we'll get you a pilot. So I was like, oh, awesome. Finally, I'm back into acting. Got a phone call, email the next morning. Hey, this is Ken, uh, John's tour manager. I want to talk to you about work. And I thought, what does that mean? So it all happened so fast. Within two days, it was just a phone call and learn these 60 songs and we'll have you out in LA at some point. So I learned all 60 songs and I was practicing and I was supposed to, I thought, do some work with them in April. And then I get a phone call like March 3rd. Hey, I know you're still doing Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. We need you on a plane tomorrow morning. You're going to play the Ellen show with John, uh, something like Olivia. It's like, oh, have you learned that yet? I'm like, yeah, I learned everything. I charted everything. I'm ready for April. All right, we'll, we'll see you tomorrow. Ah, called all my subs. Can you guys sub? I need like three days. So I went to LA. Ellen show turned into a couple more rehearsals, turned into getting ready for Crossroads, turned into baritone guitar on, like creatively engaging and all that stuff. Wow. And... Uh, and then, wow. yeah, it was just a wild time. It just happened so fast. And wow. what I'm so thankful. He really, he really transformed my life because... Really? I, well, yeah, because I cared so much about guitar. I had a band. I had Carney, but our band broke up. And I didn't know how I was going to get back out there. And you know how it is. Like, everyone is so talented, uh, but some yeah. people don't get recognition for it. And it's tragic. It's frustrating. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. And I was sitting in the basement of a pit on a Broadway show as a 25-year-old going, like, really? Like, no one even knows I exist. And I thought I had a band, but we broke up. And, like, is anyone ever – I really care about creative expression on the guitar that's unique and singular. And, like, no one's even going to ever hear it. Like, what happened to me? And then John called. And then now everyone's like, whoa, Zane plays differently than us. And then, oh, he's like a jazzer. And, but like not a, it just became this thing where people became aware of my specific passion, uh, my specific unique expression on the guitar. People acknowledged it and it, made, it meant a lot to me, you know? Well, it meant a lot to me. I think it takes a, an uncanny amount of persistence to be able to develop a voice that is as realized and expansive in any singular art form as you have on, on the instrument. Hmm. And like that is no small endeavor. That is a, that is thousands and thousands of hours. Hmm. It really is. And it's, and it's, it's pervasive across uh, probably parts of your consciousness as a whole, right? Hmm. When you're not playing guitar, I'm sure you're somewhat radiating right. in some way. So right. you are on your being as a core, really like, like uh, dedicated to this instrument, to this craft. Hmm. Hmm. I, I will. That's very nice of you to say, man. I, I've always thought, or not thought about it. I've, I've, tell me what was that? Tell me if I'm full of shit too, because I might be wrong. No, you're not. You're, you're, so, so there are a couple of things. You're like very intuitive. You're very intuitive. First off, I remember the first time we played together in Mexico, and I had heard so much about you, but I'd also loved your playing and been following you and listening oh. to your records, and, and I was just like, oh. But the second we played, it 
your spirit comes through the way that you play, Daniel, to where you're not a panderer. You're not a, uh, you're going to be incredibly and increasingly more famous, but you're not a pandering. Like you're not like desperate for that. You're going to get that as a byproduct of your passion. And I love that about you because it shows up in your playing. And then when I met you and I actually played with you, I'm like, yep, cool. That's, so the recordings are real. That's him. Cool. He's authentic. He cares about supporting whoever's soloing next to him. And also he's not afraid if I'm like, dude, take it. I know you can take it to a level I can't. Please go there. You're like, sure, got it. Like you're a real team player in a way that's very unique because you can be the secret weapon of the, of the live moment, but you also can be the supporter. It's very unique. So, and I, I relate to those two, like, I like the, the levers, you know, moving. But but as far as me personally, I um I read a book uh, called uh, The Brain That Changes Itself, and it talked about how there was a study done with piano players. Uh, not I shouldn't say that. It was a study done on the piano by non-musicians. Half of the people were given a piano to practice on with light-up keys, and they just uh-huh. follow the light-up keys, uh-huh. uh, and they gave a recital after a week. The other group had the same piano, same light up keys, but they had to tie their hands behind their back and just look at them. At the end of the week, each group gave a recital. They gave this group over here one hour to practice. But for, for all intents and purposes, they had one hour of practice. These guys had 40 hours of practice. Yeah. But this group looked at the lights going for the same amount of time as they played. This group played 80% as well as this group, as far as notes. What? So, so what this study was trying to prove, there was a hypothesis, which it appears was proved, was that muscle memory is not muscle memory, it's neuron memory. So when our, our minds make something real, it makes it real. So for me, this has just been an intuitive thing accidentally. I've been practicing guitar about 10 times as much as everyone else I know. I've had the guitar in my hands probably five times less. So the divide by five in my hand, as far as actual practice, I've played it a lot, but practice, but 10 times more practice, because when I'm driving in the car, I'm hearing, let me see if I get rolling the pitch. Okay, uh, so I'm saying, so I'll see in my head when I'm hearing the melody, those frets engaging as I go, I'll see the frets, and I'm as I'm doing it, I'm driving in the car, singing, I'm hearing E, B, G sharp, E, D sharp, D, C, B, and I'm hearing the D, C, B, and I'm also thinking flat seven, flat six, five, third. So like yes. the fretboard and the note names and the intervals are, are constantly being practiced in my mind as I'm just driving around. Yeah, yeah, same here. And, and, and exactly, you, you get it. So I'm also, and you do, this, you do this too, I'll be doing that with harmonies. I've had times where I've come back to my guitar and thought, I have a voicing. I just thought of it in my head and I heard it because I played those four notes on the fretboard in my head and let me try them. Oh, they're tight. So uh, that that's where my 10,000 hours has come from. More just obsession when on a flight and I'm reading a book or playing a video game. I'm, when the video game is making the melody, I'm going, oh, that's a plagal cadence. Oh, that's the half diminished two chord in a video game. Really? Hip. Okay. Half diminished two, five, major one. Cool. Like I'm constantly recognizing. Yeah. But it's, it's overclocking my brain and it's not exactly, uh, like I carry a lot of anxiety. Um, yeah. and that's, that's probably my way of expressing the anxiety and calming the, I don't even know. Um, but also I'll say this much. I also love things. So I have friends and I've gotten, you know, taught college thingies, classes and all that at times. Um, and it's like, how do I develop a more unique sound? And for me, I never actually thought of that question. I just thought, what do I enjoy today? And usually it's going to be something that 
it like just tingles me. So Debussy might do that. Doesn't do it as much right now, but Mahler sure does. A couple of months ago, Dvorak was. Yeah. I was just driving the car in Mahler. There was this Mahler piece, with this like beautiful melody that was like, and it was like sort of felt major, but then it was, it was like clearly dissonant, but then came to this major seven. It's like, well, that should be a happy experience. But after that and that logic, it's not, it's like a, excuse With me, sir? Nine, it's disgustingly nice. It's just, it's very nice. So I lo- I'm a fan of major sevens, uh, but anywho, so I love, um, uh, I love what I love and then I follow that and then it finds its way into my playing versus mm. kind of rock and roll, but how can I like be more bluesy? I've never thought of that. Also, part of the reason I'm not, I sound different to some guitar players because I don't use a blues lexicon as much. It's because I've never felt that inspired by blues other than B.B. King Live at the Regal, like when the tone is just on point. But I'm not going to be the guy to sit down to Stevie Ray Vaughan and like enjoy that. I'll do it to learn it because I need to for my career. Right. But, for, but what I enjoy is Mahler, Dvorak, film scores, Dario Marianelli, Danny Elfman, uh, Jack White, Radiohead, Jeff Buckley, that's uh, Katie Lang. Like things that just like tingle me cu- musically, culinarily. That's, that's what gets me going. Um, and I'm fascinated by how these 12 notes can just be ordered slightly differently and create like a totally different experience. It's crazy. Oh my God. Oh my God. Endless, endless variation. Yeah, it's nuts. It's crazy. I think the whole concept of, of, of being able to look at music in a quantitative sense in order to, you know, like you were just talking about the major seven with Mahler. And it's like, I think people, and also really wise in saying I carry anxiety because I've noticed lately where I, I saw it in myself and I still do it reflexively, but mm-hmm. I identify self with whatever emotion is presently on the table. Oh, that's great. Which yeah, is, really, wow. You, you, you know, an efficient mm-hmm. way of living life might perhaps be a distancing of, of self from emotions and noticing that you are simply carrying something. That's but great. Dude, you're going to preach. Well, I don't know, man. I'm just suggesting like in the sense of like, you carry anxiety. You are yeah. anxious. I am not anxious. Right. I'm carrying this. I'm carrying this. I am not anxious. Wow. Not. I needed that. I needed to hear that today, man. That's very wise. Yeah. The fact that we get to choose how we respond to a situation and whether or not we carry it. Yeah. Wow. You carry it. Crazy. But I think the thing, I think the, I think the idea of being able to look at music in a quantitative sense and understand the numbers of everything that you're doing. And mm. when you're doing it, when you're doing that, mostly when you're not having an instrument present in your, in your being. Right. I think that that man is such a fantastic coping mechanism for having a, a rather hyperactive consciousness. Right. You're just literally turning all of the sensory life input into a math solution. Right. And that, oh, and that, that actually, yes, that's, that's why, unfortunately, the video games I've been interested in as of late are very problem-solving based. It's like I'm playing Tetris 99, which is a battle royale Tetris game against 99 people in the world. You're all competing against each other. <laughs> and yeah, and it's just like too much. And um, yes, that gives me anxiety. That's so, anxiety, man. And my therapist is like, don't, uh, I don't know if that's the game for you. Because what you're doing is you're repeating the trauma versus calming. Uh, for the record, I normally finish top five. Do you really? You're top yeah. five? I'm gener- I generally finish top five in that game. My main game is Mario Tennis Aces on Nintendo Switch. And I am the top three Rosalina in the globe. Top three. Mo- so Rosalina is a character in the game. She's the worst character in the game. And I'm about second or third globally with that character. So I'm like top 100, top 200 ranked. 
North America, I'm ranked like top 30 in the game. It's, 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 it's sad, actually, is what it is. Anyway. Uh, we got to go tell those people at CW that you've now, now it's Twitch. Let's go CW. Damn. They were wrong on all fronts. You were gonna, it all ended up being Rosalina. I'm, yeah, guys, let's go. Cast me as Rosalina. I can do it. Okay, I know, I know her, I know her, sl- her, um, her slice shot real well. Okay, spirals people out of control. Got it. Top spin, no big deal. Powerful, overpowered to go curve it. I know how to flat spin a motherfucker. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What cue is that? I'm gonna go ahead. And- I don't even know. I don't have perfect pitch. That's the thing that holds me back from the Jacob Collier uh, conversation. So it was C. It was C sharp minor. Right. Okay. I, that was an ESO's boat. Uh, he, he freaks me out. He's my age. So, like, I am very guilty <sighs> of comparing myself to other people. And it's like, <sighs> during quarantine, I've, I've just in the past month realized that you are insulting yourself by comparing yourself to others. Right. Because they're trash and they're stupid and they should go to, or wait, what? Okay. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> <sighs> they're dirty. They smell bad. Dumb garbage people. I bet Jacob Collier smells amazing. I bet he smells so good. You know he smells like vanilla. You know he's got some vanilla. Yeah, yeah I know. I know it's not a masculine scent. I know it's like a Charmin. Oh, I know it's like freaking something. sweet, buttery Charmin vanilla. Oh, lovely! I can't wait. You know Harry Styles has like you know it's gonna be a citrus tinged citrus. Yeah, it'll be sour, but it'll be sweet and sour. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. It's expensive, but I know Jacob Collier. <laughs> I know Jacob Collier definitely smells. Nice, but Which like fantastic. It freaks me out though to hear of, of someone having that much innovation at my age. Right, it, it's a little scary. It's like it's yeah. scary to see people with the same number as you doing things right. that outnumber you. What's also wild is I'm very similar to you in that it turns out not everyone thinks about their age and how it's all ending and oh I get ready because it's going to pass you by. Not that I think <laughs> that way, and I think you and I have had conversations about that. But it's interesting. But it's a choice that I guess I make, and I am convicted by that too. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm choosing to think of it as though, yeah. Oh man, there are so many, so many thoughts I have because uh-huh. I'm able to choose that because I have, and I'm not just trying to make it uh, dark, but I I have access as someone who owns a home and is an adult, and all the like. I have access to certain things that not everyone does so when i say just meditate and pray it really sometimes does come true whereas if someone's truly in prison they're like i'm praying i'm praying and like i'm meditating but what can i do so that's why i love the idea of creating a world where all women and men are free i like the idea of that world um and obviously there will need to be prisons for people who are at a risk of harming the public and we right. prison them for a period and, and re-educate them on how to love others and be a, be a more healthy member of society but I, I long for the martin luther king future and i don't see it as a black issue anymore like i said it's like oh yeah the day where man will be woman will be judged by the content of her character rather than the color of her skin Whew. And there are other metrics too, by the content of her character and not just the preference of her sexuality, the content of her character, not just how she expresses herself. I wear this. No one gets bothered by this. But when someone over here is transgender, it's like, I'm bothered by that. It's like, but it's just let, it's like their body, like let them live. God, they're just trying to live. They just want to love. It's weird to you. Well, this is weird to a lot of people, but this has become a norm. So it's not weird. Oh, can I get really real with you? Can I oh, get really real? Please. Oh, well, I'm circumcised. That's normal. Oh, was it normal until about 80 years ago when scientists just started doing it? Like, do, you, do we know the history of it? Because it's actually kind of weird that we do that. Uh, and it doesn't really base in any real science except for it harms the area and makes it desensitized, which was the goal in, in most ways, most senses. 
but like whatever's normal or legal doesn't mean it's right. So like, you know, it's like, yeah, this is abnormal right. transgender. This, you know, person looks different. Let, let them be. Let, let, them be. let them be. Let them be. Let them be. Let them be. By the way, this conversation has been sponsored by this Nintendo gift shop card that my mom got me. Thank you, mom. Mom, I love you. Your mom's awesome. She is awesome. Your mom's a fantastic person. She's Everybody. the best. And she yeah. makes the best jewelry, which I should be wearing now, but I'm not. It's in my room. Is it, uh, is it good jewelry? Is it silver or is it? It's the best. Sterling silver. Her company's called Fables. It's fablesintheair.com. She makes like whimsical cigar band rings and like John Lennon glasses pins and like shattered ears in sterling silver on the left and right broken heart like i'm sorry shattered hearts like broken heart and one ear is the other piece of the heart and just beautiful whimsical stuff she's a genius reeve and i yeah reeve and paris and i my siblings pretty much exclusively wear her jewelry except someone put this on my neck at a gifting suite like two months ago and i just realized it's not my mom so i need to change that that's dirty a dirty just like me if you know what i'm saying wink 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 okay no you're circumcised so you're clearly <laughs> you know i think it's very fascinating to to arrive at a place when you realize that, that great. You, say, you can say that i don't have to think all the things i've been told mm-hmm. i don't have to just accept these like everyone told me to fucking drink milk i was born with eczema i should right. drink milk oh god you're like i shouldn't yeah, eczema, eczema is worsened by dairy. Oh, that sucks, man. Dang. I have eczema. I was born with eczema because I was very premature. And there was something that happened. So no I'm born with it. It's in the way that my skin reacts with my perspiration. So whenever I sweat, um, and I sweat oh. all the time. Because you're, you're killing on the guitar. Of course you're sweating, yeah. Or I, per, you know, I perspire, I run. Uh, I'm in Tennessee. Yeah. It's humid as fuck. Yeah, it's so humid there. Uh, you know, it's, so it's hard. But no one told me that I shouldn't. They never said that in school. Oh, it's a crazy thing. Sucks. But that's the hardest thing I had to experience as a as a as a as a white guy in school was having been forced to drink milk. Right. It's not very fair. Right. Oh, you better preach. You better preach, Daniel. Daniel Donato. Um, oh, I thought that was in the video. Was that a guitar or was that a keyboard? That was a guitar. Just, I tend to just do rel- reference pitches. So once I have that, I know C is there and I know D is there. Like I know where all the notes are once I hit one, but I don't have perfect pitch. Really are you doing it. any vocal exercises these days? Any vocal warm-ups, et cetera? Yeah. So now that I'm streaming five days a week on that on my Twitch channel, I three of them are singing heavy. Really two of them, but three of them are singing heavy. Uh, and so I do, um, I do my normal exercises. I'm just doing them actually frequently, finally again. So How long is the regimen? It's usually 15 minutes. So okay. that up and down. And the focus is never on pitch for me. It's purely on feeling and getting it nas- uh, nasal in a balanced way. And then I'll do we, 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 we. Then I do gug sometimes if I feel my larynx isn't open enough. Gug, 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 gug. And I try to get a pharyngeal there. Gug, I'll do that. I do bub when I'm trying to get my mix going. I'm like, because bub gets me like mix voice. And then I'll do, what was that? Beautiful. Oh, thanks, man. Then I'll do, um, then I do ungs, ng, 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 ng
It's another pharyngeal exercise. And then I try to end it with like a one because a one's an actual sung word. And I have a song. Uh, you're not the one. One, one, one. Because up there it has to be more one. So I'll like work on my my mental of like one, 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 one. Like how that's more one, but it sounds more like one. It, whatever. I focus on vowel shapes in my warmups. It's a lot, man. It's it's. I, this talent show last night was a little bit of a bummer because I didn't even win any. I didn't get top three, and all the judges were saying was clearly the winner of this show is going to be Zane and or Charles in whatever order. And then it was like top three. I wasn't even in. And I'm like, oh, cool, all right. But I was thinking about how it's a talent show, and I was like, man, I like have spent so many hours on the guitar, and then I my band broke up, and I went, well, time to learn the singing. And then I'm like, oh, I guess if I'm singing, I got to write songs and work on like listening to Neil Young and learning how to actually be good at this and care about it. And, oh, God. And so uh, it was a little bit of a bummer to lose because I thought I've really spent all my life trying to get good at something. And then I tried to get good at something else. And sure, it'd be nice to win some hot cash. Oh, cash is always cash is so always nice. Great. You yeah. can do whatever you want. You can spend it on whatever you want and buy a jukebox. I want to buy a Tesla. Mm-hmm. I want to buy so bad. I want to Nick Snap for that. I want to buy a Tesla so badly. Oh, I'm with you on that. I want to buy a Tesla really bad. I remember. Oh, uh, which one? The Cybertruck. When it comes out, I need. Oh. <laughs> I truly do. It's the most. Wait, this, wait the the 18 wheeler? No. Oh, that's cool. No, that's a great. I thought you meant the semi. No. <laughs> I want to buy the semi. Oh, that makes so much. No, dude, get that Cybertruck. Get it. Yeah. Pay your money first. Right. But the thing is, don't even just put it on credit. Oh, wait, I forgot we live in America. It works that way. Oh, just even credit it, dude. You're good. Um, dude, I want a Tesla so badly. I'm very financially solvent and obsessive and measured and careful, obviously. Um, so... I remember talking to a lawyer a couple of years ago. He was like, wait, you don't have any debt? I'm like, I'm no, I dropped out of school because it was too expensive and I saved up and went on tours. And, oh. and he's like, wait, so I said, yeah, but it's tough because when I keep making my music and it's like a thousand bucks a day in the studio and like, I'm not going to make that back from the record. And I, I don't know how to do this right right now. He's like, well, you're, but you're not in debt. I said, no. He's like, well, then you're good. I said, yeah, but my team's taking 35% of my income, lawyer, manager, label, like it's, I, I, do you guys think that like we just want to like not survive as artists? Like you're just all going to make income, but we don't. Like how do we make this work? I think that's um, most artists. I think they they plug and go. Yeah, and I'm a little. I want to like save up for family and and then all that. Although I don't really envision myself ever retiring. I want to. The goal right now is at 75 or 80, whatever the age is, to be the head of the music theory program at USC and just spend the rest of my days teaching and having fun. That would be my nice life. Do you think that if you, what do you think about asking life things? And that's, this will be our last thing. So it's like, in terms of really defining, this is the thing I've always discovered about, uh, uh, pretty much about people who are my heroes, is that mm. they have this ability to kind of like land on all four legs, on the mm. thing that they were really shooting for. And it's fascinating to see yourself do that in your life and then mm. try to do it in other things in life and not do it. And so mm. I wanted to know what your thoughts were on setting a goal, asking it, asking for it out of life, asking for it out of yourself, but mm. not asking and not doing, but actually doing. 
Right. But you're you're asking for a very specific episode of the Life in Zane Carney season eight. I love it. Season eighty. Like shit's got. Uh, you're talking about you're at Ted Danson level renewal. Right. Like I know. Right. Like I'm. T- right. So the question is: Is that can that be manifested via thought, and how will that come to fruition? And right. Yeah. yeah and, and, and does that process even work? Do I believe in that process? My, my thing, and it's funny that we were talking about the origin of consciousness and the breakdown of the bicameral mind, because there is a bit of this, there's a, there's a um, juxtaposition, not juxtaposition, there's a duality in my mind that b- w- did not exist until I was about 29. There was a singularity before, which was, all I need to do is believe in something, work hard, and it happens for me. When I was young, it was I got a D in health class, and there were three months left in the class, and I ended in the class as an A plus because I saw what I could work on, and I worked on it. I got a TV show when I was a kid, and I'm like, well, I guess I'll just be an actor until I don't want to be. So I kept, I did movies, I did, and then I quit. Oh, guitar! I'd like to be like the best guitar player ever, all time. I was 12 when I said that to myself. Oh, and then suddenly at 16, I'm getting places and I'm winning competitions, and now I'm touring with people. Oh, cool! People are saying nice things. Uh, I want to, uh, I want to work on a Broadway show. Spider-Man: Turn Off the Dark comes out of nowhere. I want to work on a late night show. Carson Daly comes out of nowhere. I'm doing. I want to uh, score, work on a film score. I did some film scoring work, minor stuff, but I did play guitar for some film scores. What are my new goals? I'd like to have a band that's signed in or scope. We did it. So I was just, it was like, oh, once I envisioned it and I worked towards it, it just worked. I mean, my will, wow, what a powerful guy I am saying. What a powerful brand I have. 29 hits. I moved back to LA. I buy my home. I don't know what happened to me, but something happened to my body. And I, I, don't, I didn't know at the time if it was Lyme disease, chronic fatigue syndrome. I didn't know what it was. I remember this. Yeah. So, and I'm, you know, uh, thankfully, I haven't been dealing with it in quarantine because I'm just sitting here. It's great, but um, it was very. It was. It's. Tr- it. 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 It, tore, it broke me, uh, and created this duality of I don't know. Apparently, I can't do whatever I want. So the past five and a half years have been been a tough time, but I was encouraged today by my godmother, who's just an incredible. I didn't want to go into it. Woman, uh, artist, everything. And she even said on the phone today, like, yeah, when I moved to LA, I had six years of hell in LA. And meanwhile, she's like one of the most successful women in her profession. And it's like, oh, so you're allowed to have five, six years of just sucking and then meaning and purpose can come back. So my Mm -hmm. thing the past six years has been, as long as I don't die, keep myself alive, clearly I'm doing the right thing. I am surviving. I am growing. And uh, thankfully, I have a partner who believes in my art and wants to help support it. She's actually an incredible producer. She hasn't had an opportunity to produce as much before, but she's like a top-level producer. So we're working on stuff together. And it's helping me. Music producer? Yeah. Like she's an artist as well, but it's a long story, but she has had a very illustrious career in a different field. Hmm. And then, but she's always been an incredible jazz singer and an artist. Oh, and wow. so we're sitting here producing my stuff and she's, what if you change this? And I mean, does it have to be before this song? And what if you cut off these 10 seconds? And what if you uh, deleted the sacks there? I'm like, whoa, these are like, I just so you know, you're getting production credit. Like you're going to be co-producers. Really? I'm just giving ideas. No, these are like, these are not the unfortunate, uh, you know, misogynistic trope of like, oh, the girlfriend of the band. It's like, no, you're oh. a brilliant genius and you're right. And how did I not think of that? And like, artists like me need a good producer. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. Thank you. Ah. So we're having a blast and it's re- re-inspiring me. And we'll see if that uh, formerly singular approach uh, proves true again. But, you know, my mom said to me recently, she, she's always been my number one supporter. And I hope I to be that if I have, if I have kids one day. Beautiful. 
but she's just like, she said to me when I was 11 or 12, I just, you're going to be the greatest guitar player who ever lived, Zane. That's not true, but mm-hmm. that changes a kid's world to hear that from your parents. Uh, you know, man, that's, you know? that is the parent's job in some way. Yeah, exactly. And my mom, and she would be like, I hung out with Bob Dylan. She used to hang out with Bob Dylan in the 60s. Like, I know music, honey, honey, you're going to go to, and I was like, so I need to tell my kid like, hey, I played with whoever and you're the better than I am. You're the, be- you're the best ever. Just encourage them. Um, and I must do that with my partner and others, but so, um, I am so long-winded, uh, sorry. It's a podcast though. It's a podcast. So, so my goal is to, um, to get there, uh, get back to that place that I once knew maybe with more appreciation for it. Cause before it was like, yeah, easy. I just think of it and it happens. But my mom said a couple weeks ago, honey, I'm so proud of you. You, Anything you put your mind to, I've always known this about you, Zane, you specifically, anything you put your mind to, you achieve. And so the past couple of days, I've been like, I'm, what I want to achieve is not even world fame. What I want to achieve is waking up feeling satisfied with my choices. And I don't wake up that way. Really? I wake up in anxiety. No, yeah, I don't. I wake up in anxiety. Sure. I wake up in uh uh, devastation because sure. of the years loss of sleeping my life away. Once I had Lyme disease or whatever that was, I got way more into video games and just uh, dating and uh, the Tinder came out and it was just an awful couple of years, a really awful couple of years that I felt I threw away. And now I look in the mirror and go, well, people still think I'm in my twenties, but like I'm not. And that means I'm worthless. So that's cool. And then, like, telling you you're something and right. you know you're not that thing. And so there's this weird duality in your identity. Yeah. And, and also, you know, even though encouraging people say your music is like, like, we don't care that Dvorak was 19 or 79. We hear the music. It's like, if you want to compose for orchestra, which obviously I'm going to do one day, just do it. You don't need me any age, but I'm here going, Oh, but I, I, I want to, when people come to my shows and they say, Oh, this is just like Daniel, the wise Daniel just said, when people come to my shows and say, why aren't there more people here? You should be mad, more famous, bro. Why do I choose and go? Yeah, you're right. I should hate myself. You're right. Let me resent life. Hold on. Let me, let me carry that. Let me carry that. Why can't I just go? Thank you for your opinion. Like my, your opinion of me is none of my business. And as a wise friend of mine once said, my opinion to me is none of my business. So why don't I just get out of that game for a second and you know, conversations like this help me just briefly. Who like, said that? That's so genius. I I have been. How do I say this without giving it. a thing away? I can't give it away because it's a private experience for that person. But all I will say is, Man, that, my who the fuck said that? That's okay. I, I I will give this much. L.A. is the is the mecca of 12 step it is the 12 step mecca all the aa meetings and the blah, 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 blah. and i don't really like substances and all that stuff so i've been peripheral but i have many friends in this community yeah. um and uh i i even find there are meetings for people that aren't addicted to a substance but you can still go and learn so i have totally explored that world and literally the wisest people I've ever met, the most church-like, wonderful, connected people have been in that community. Wow. And anytime I get a gig with someone who's in that, I'm like, yo, like, what's like, just yeah. drop it on me. Let's go. That's I'm it. ready. Cause I know you're actually, what I find is 12 step people. A lot of times they're going to the gym and then maybe conversations and connection are like whey protein. But like, if I drink a bunch of whey protein, I'm not going to get muscles. But if I go to the gym and drink whey protein, oh baby, get ready. So they're like, they're really in it and i respect that and i i try to be in it as best i can but i um yeah that's some i have some tropes i could send your way of quotes i've gotten from from friends that are like oh that's you just 
gave me an inarguable truth. That is just, why do I continue to take, oh, there's a great prayer I heard too from a friend. You know, I have Christian friends. I have uh, Islam friends. I have Buddhist friends, a lot of reformed Jewish friends going to high school in LA and all these different people. And uh, one, I, I don't know if it was a Christian or not. I don't think it was. There was this prayer they said, which was, what's it called? Set aside prayer. And it was, God, today I set aside everything I think I know about myself, everything I think I know about others, and everything I think I know about you for a new experience of myself, of others, and of you. And even just little things like that, when I remember to think of that, I go, oh, right. I am obsessed with my version of me. I am obsessed with myself and obsessed with my version of me. Come on. Yeah, because there's you. There's the stoic you that exists in period. Right. There's the, literally, and then there's right. the Carney that Zane Carney defines as Zane Carney. Right. There's a 12 year old Zane Carney that Zane Carney at 35 has to keep alive for the passion of today. There, right. There's there's probably 5,000 metric tons of Zane Carney. Right. And Daniel Donato. And that's what, oh man, by the way, do you act at all? Cause you get this. This is like the core of acting this method. I don't like, understand. Oh man, dude, all you would you, be amazing. Act, she acts. I, I don't know if she acts right now. I, I don't obviously know as acting, but I think she still is acting. Yeah. Uh, no, but I don't act. I, I, oh, you'd be so good based on what I, you just said, understanding the multitudes within you. That's what it takes. Really? The multitude? Yeah, because I am the idea Bob behind Dylan, it, Bob Dylan, I contain multitudes. I exactly, right. The idea behind acting is, it's a, it, well, in my experience at least, and, and I recently did, finished a class, like a master class course with Howard Fine, who's like the LA, just like, oh, he's just yep. so respected. He's amazing. And I studied with him and, and were the world to be open now, I'd be in his Wednesday, his whatever, I'd be in one of his classes still. Um, but he, um, he said uh, this really wise thing of, if I judge a character, I can't play it. So the more versions of me I identify with, like the villain, the cruel manipulator, yeah, totally. Yeah, I've done that. I'm a musician guy. How, how, is there one of us who hasn't done that? I, I've definitely done that. There's the lover. There's the sensitive, sweet child. There's a, so the more I can identify, when I read a script and I'm offered the thing to audition for, I go, all right, I relate. I, I start the script with, I relate. I don't start the script with, oh, this guy's a fucking idiot. And, I, and what I learned in this class was I never even say this guy or him. I, I just... I, well, I, like I had this character, Jonathan, I was playing in this play, this snake bit play. And he was, my teacher kept saying like, don't say Jonathan thinks, don't say he thinks, I think, because I, this is in me. I just need to have the, the wisdom like Daniel has to acknowledge it. And then I can express it. So uh, to me, acting is less about like being real, like saying the lines in a real way. No upcoming meetings today. No upcoming meetings. It's not about that. It's about storytelling and like, telling that story through written words that someone else gave and saying, where is this true? Oh yeah, I am a 12 year old child. Bam, bring it out. Show and tell. Oh my God. So empathy first. Say, yeah. I, say I do not know second. Right. <laughs> How amazing is that? How fantastic. Yeah. I think those are like some really concise bullet points that will help any life situation. Mm, you're wise. I, I love talking to you, Daniel. So well, great, I, man. 
Oh, what else, man? Is there anything that we should promote Zane Carney wise? Oh gosh, just promote just self <laughs> self love. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, no, no. Just joking. Come to my Instagram. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, the main way that I will be exploring creativity in this pandemic is through releasing music on Spotify and then doing my Twitch stream, which is just twitch.tv slash Zane Carney. Um, we have a hoot and I'd love to have you guys over there. But yeah, and I have a website. You know, it's just my, my name is easy to Google. Zane yeah. Carney. Z-A-Y-N-E. You know? <laughs> just like Zane Malik. No, Z-A-N-E, whatever. I mean, if you type Z-A-Y-N Carney, let's actually see, does that work? It might, it might say, did you mean Zane Carney? I really hope it does. It I says, yeah, it says, did you mean Zane Carney with my oh. spelling? So spell it however you'd like. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay, this was so special, Daniel. Thanks for taking the time, man. Doing this, man. I literally love your presence. I can't wait till I see you again. Dude, same here, man. I came to play with you too. All right, dude, I'll talk to you. All right, dude, talk to you later. Saying Carney, folks, if you're not a fan now, I don't get it. Go check him out. It is, uh, it's a, it's a, it's an experience that is offered by a person who has just put in the hours with their instrument and with their own mind and their own passion to create something that is just so truly unique to, to who he is. And, um, you can see it on Twitch and it's beautiful. It's just so, it's so wonderful and progressive. He's a, he, he's a true hero to me. So thank you guys for digging into this. Um, What's the music we're listening to today? We're listening to Chet Atkins, Mr. Sandman right now. The song that was going on in the Zane section was a song by his called Gambit. And then we were listening to uh, to Terrapin, the live Grateful Dead album, uh, Tennessee Jed, which is a 1977 cut that is just one of my favorite records right now uh, by them. Um, thank you guys for all the support that you've been showing on the Cosmic Country pre-sales. Uh, we're at 372 vinyls pre-ordered out of the 500 that we wanted to uh, hit by August 7th. Uh, we just taped a show that we're going to be putting out very shortly. That is the Cosmic Country Experience. Make sure to uh, subscribe to this podcast and leave a comment. Leave a cosmic comment on how you're feeling today and how this podcast made you feel inside. Because the inside is a universe of unknown depths and chasms in which you can find true beauty and splendor and timeless love for the rest of your now i'm trying now i'm actually sounding like jimmy hendrix maybe i'm onto something thank you guys so much for watching stay or listening thank you guys stay cosmic